superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Now, you guys ready to get started? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's see what's on a bench and let's watch the fans. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Ben Simmons picked up the loose ball at the other end and that's the only time he's touched it and the chorus of boos begin. The Rich Eisen Show. It's very quiet towards the end. We ain't hear no more Ben Simmons chance. Today's guests, former NFL team executive Joe Banner. ESPN college basketball analyst Joe Lunardi, plus your phone calls and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. You know what? Let's talk sports. Hey, I like sports. No, let's talk some sports. Um, It's a Friday here in March, and it's the Friday before the tournament brackets come out it's the friday before the nfl league year and uh guess what everybody oh by the way how are you chris brock hey, good to rich, see you i'm great good, good to see you, you michael how are you sir good to see you over there uh tj jefferson just settled into his chair why do you get up and then come back when you know i'm about to go introduce well, you? i, I forgot you something over there and i went i just aired. didn't know it because if you were just gonna go you know on the side if you're just going to not participate and go on the side (laughs) i would spend three thousand dollars for a ticket just to boo you only to not have a chance to do that it must be nice to have that type of disposable income no you know yeah but did the sixers show up last night what happened man what happened in that game one of them did oh man you imagine one of them showed up. You imagine you're you're a Philadelphia sports fan. You've got uh, you've got what's what do we call? You've got fandom. You've got you've got it. You've got it. Yeah, Philadelphia sports fans, some of the most passionate in sports. And on the positive side, passionate means you love sports, and we as sports fans around the country can relate to your passion and your love of your city and your love of your sports teams there in Philadelphia. That's the good part of passionate. The other part of passionate when it's for a Philadelphia sports fan is is the nice way to call you folks uh, a holes. <laughs> That's a fact, and the say it's the same thing for New York sports fans. It's the same thing for Boston sports fans. It's the Northeast sports fans. You are a passionate sports fan, which means great. And the other way, it's not so great. <laughs> Could you imagine you have the disposable income that you just kind of poked fun at me about TJ Jefferson. Why would that poke fun? Could I, you it was Im- an admiration. Could you anything. imagine having that. that amount of cash <laughs> to say, I'm going to go on the secondary ticket market because I, I don't have my, I don't have tickets or whatever, just to go to the Sixers home game with First Union, right? Mm-hmm. Just to go there and want to be the first when Ben Simmons comes out in his street clothes, I want to tell him he sucks. Can't wait. You I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to spend all that money. I can't wait. And then the game unfolds. And you can't do that because you are watching your team get smoked. 
smoked and then lost amongst all the Ben Simmons booing and all of that business and the fact that, you know, Philadelphia sports fans that went there to go tell Ben Simmons that he was not welcome there. And by the way, every right to boo him. Every right to say that this guy was a patent disappointment there. Yeah. No every lies, reason no to do it and every reason to say that he was somebody that Philadelphia chewed up and spat out. All of it. He wasn't playing last night, but all of it last night. I understand that. But amongst all of this, and that's kind of the shiny object in the room, is the fact that James Harden had an opportunity to show the Nets what they're missing, and he shot 3 of 17 from the floor. Awful game. 3 of 17 from the floor. And Seth Curry to show Philadelphia fans, hey, I know you had to get rid of Ben Simmons, but me too. Seth Curry, 10 of 14 from the floor. And he, with Kyrie and Durant, showed you that when Simmons is ready, and apparently he's still not even ready to get out and start practicing with the team, what, five on five and do any of that stuff? Apparently he's still that far away. I, I don't know what's going on there. But if Simmons comes back and plays anything close to peak Simmons in Philadelphia before everything else fall off the planet, look out. Look out. Or you could say that it's inconsistent enough that Kyrie still can't play at home and the Nets aren't going to be a threat because of it. And that you look at other 40-win teams in the East with the Heat, by the way, being top of that flow chart. The Bucks, after everything else, could wind up being the one seed too. The Bulls and the flammable DeMar DeRozan. And it's Brockman's Boston Celtics. Now 13 games over 500. Oh, Jason Tatum putting up 40 and 50 pieces left and right. Mm. And the Cavs are sitting there. Those are your six outside of the play-in tournament. Nets right now are sitting in a play-in tournament, and it looks like that's where they're going to reside. Mm-hmm. Looks like the Raptors-Nets, by the way, for one game will be a highly entertaining contest. And as they were pointing out on the Turner the- show last night, they're going to have to play one of those playing games most likely without Kyrie. Kyrie because Irving. I don't think because Kyrie maybe both. Right now, Kyrie, it's like New York. You can't be unvaccinated and get into Canada. Yeah, so he's out for that. They'll have to be without Kyrie. And if they win that and then have a home game against the eight, nine, ten, he can't play in that either. Yeah, the first playoff game, if they're lucky, will be if he gets out of the playing tournament, visiting Miami. They kind of want to hope they're the road team in the playing game. It's kind of weird. But they are if they are the road team in the playing game in Toronto, in Toronto it doesn't he can't matter. Play, right? exactly. It doesn't matter, right. right. Which is why you see something like last night, you're like, how deep of a threat can the Nets be? 
And then, no, I know, honestly, like, because no, Kyrie I, might I not play. One but minute he is, one ne- right. next he isn't. But when they are playing. That was something else last night. Yeah. Because lost again amongst the whole Simmons stuff will be. All right, James, time to hit the road. Figuratively, time for the rubber to hit the, meet the road here. Let's go. Big games. What are you going to do in big games? Big games fives, big game sevens, pivotal game fives, big game sevens. Whole country's watching. Only game on right now. Three of 17. Minus 30, which, by the way, Embiid was last night, too. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what your number's going to be when the rest of your team is getting its ass kicked. Three of 17 he was, is not acceptable. Come on. Yeah. Martin was one of 11 at one point, yeah. and then, then he was on the bench getting his calf worked on, and you're just like, here we go again. Another injury. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I would be genuinely concerned. Okay. So we had three games where, like, this was the best trade of all time. And then no, we have one I didn't game say it's where it's the best trade of all time. You, I said it the, looks the, like it's working. The collective well. basketball world, Rich was saying this. Okay. All right. And, and now we have one bad game, and it was a bad game. And now it's like, ah, well, I'm treating the NBA worse. as if it was the NFL. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, they could come back tonight or tomorrow night, look great, and then forget yeah. it. So who cares? I'm just pointing out big game. Would have been nice. There's a lot on the line. Similar to a playoff atmosphere, 3-17. And we said, I think you said Wells. 3-17. First Union. It's it Wells, Wells Fargo. Fargo. My know. bad. I yeah, forgot I was, my bad. I was in my head. Whatever. Yeah. No biggie. I can't yeah. figure out this. An L is an L, regardless where the, bu- the game is. Well, I took the L on the name of the building. Yeah. All right. So there was that one last night. But they have two days off. There was that one last night. So. Now, look. Um, I think this show has a significant platform. Um, you can't stop us. No, I mean, you, you can only hope to contain us. Is uh, the show that proceeds us on NBC Sports on Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 85, hosted by Dan Patrick, would say. Uh, Odyssey, this Rich Eisen show, terrestrial radio outfit, 42 affiliates and groaning, much better than the zero we were left with after AT&T and this show parted ways. <laughs> it's true that. <laughs> Holler at your boy. I'm not done yet. Uh oh. Our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, I would say is robust. No, when they're putting up on the screen. I mean, there's so many for, for different ways that you can follow us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and, and so whenever anybody hmm, would call me an influencer, I, I, I there may be an I in Rich and Eisen, but I have some sort of, um, what's the word for it? Stroke? Uh, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm humble. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm humble. called the humble host. You start the show like well, that. I'm day. not stunting on a jumbotron. I'm just stunting humble. on everything else that I just said. It's really hard not to stunt. Uh, but, but, but it's just tough. <laughs> it's tough to stay humble. <laughs> when you sit here on this show, and by you I mean me. I have no idea where you're going. Yeah, we have no idea. I don't know me. where you're going. I'm breaking out the tea sip. Okay, when you, and by that I mean me, I when it. one named me sits here and tells the owners of baseball oh. and the oh. players of baseball, get your act together. I see where this is going. Now I see Chris. Get your act together. Yeah, I see it. How dare you? How dare you? And I, I, I shielded my listeners and viewers on this significant platform. From all the argument. Don't argue in front of the kids. And I say that you 
folks who consume the Rich Eisen show like my children. Best dad ever sign right here for a reason. Let me remove some paper so you can see that. So I say, get it together. I don't know, when was the last time I said something on the subject matter? Like a month ago? I hadn't spoken about, about it. About baseball? We yeah, haven't been talking about know. it. No. I said, get your act together. Two hours later, lockout's over. <laughs> Two words. You're welcome. You thought I was going to say play ball, huh? You're welcome. Two more words. Eyes in effect. I influence. Two more words. Yeah. It is me. I think so. They might have been close, but I think somebody Someone's out there. Was it, it was it Scherzer? No, he voted against it. Um, uh, wasn't anybody apparently on the Astros or the Yankees or the Mets, Cardinals? I don't blame the Mets for not wanting to play baseball. Wow! <laughs> um, <laughs> wow! Well, Steve Cohen just wants to be able to spend as much as he wants. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're back. We're back, pitchers and catchers reporting, and I went from, this is just, this is what fandom's about, I went from pox on their houses to I sure hope Freddie Freeman wants to wear pinstripes in like five seconds. (laughs) Five seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I just, it literally took five seconds to, okay, judge, what's the lineup? What are we going to have? Oh, Oh, that's right. Starting pitching might be a problem. You have to win yeah. every game 10 to 8. Oh, man. Yeah, back to that again. Oh, baby. Yeah, back to those oh, days. Oh, baby. Oh, yes. April 7th, opening day. Free agency started like five minutes ago. I was hoping Here to like maybe a few months off so I could save some money on the MLB package. No, you got to be back. And so you're back, too. You're back. <laughs> yeah, Red Sox stink or I don't care. No, we're good. I know you were. I know you we should have been. We were good last should year. Should have been the World Series last year. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I get it. We're good. I hear you. <laughs> Dodgers want everybody under the sun. They want Freddie Freeman. Where's he going? Where's he going? That's this is great. Question mark, this man. is great. We're back. Baseball's back. I was very surprised they're back. Mm-hmm. Um,. You know, uh, uh, I think others who were who cover the sport are a little bit surprised that they're back. We try to get one guest on of note. He's on a little mini vacation with his family. Don't want to say who. And so we're back. The sport's back. And I cannot wait for the season to begin. After having a pox on their houses. And I'm just glad that apparently 162 games is going to be played. Yeah. They're going to make up whatever they're, they've blown off through doubleheaders that the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier will go off as planned. We now have 12 teams in the postseason, apparently. There's lots to talk about on this front. Um, and we'll, we'll do our best to try and figure some of this out for you. The NFL, there was a big... Trade that was, uh, I guess, reported. As we know, it doesn't become official till next Wednesday when the new league year begins. Khalil Mack is now coming to Los Angeles Jeez. to play for the Chargers. I have some Ooh. thoughts on that. Fletcher Cox is apparently on the trading block. Andrew Brandt came here on this program, made some waves when he said he thinks the Aaron Rodgers deal, when the details come out, will show it is essentially just a 
year-to-year commitment and maybe for just the one coming up this year. Lots to talk about on that front. Joe Banner, the former executive who shot for the groceries and ran the Eagles, spent some time with the Browns. He's going to join us in five minutes' time to tell us what he thinks. And then uh, because one Joe's not enough, <laughs> Joe Lenardi yeah. will join us in hour number three. We call that quad three oh. or, or trimester three. Is that what it is? Um, it's just a three-hour show. It's a trimester three interview. Uh, let's go with quad. Quad right, three. trimester quad. just reminds you of, of when Sarah pregnancy. was pregnant. Yeah, we, we yeah. Don't need that. yeah, in school. We don't need that memory. Okay. Semester, trimester. Lenardi season, Rich. It's Lenardi season <laughs> until what? Sunday, right? Then we just plus we start playing basketball games. His season is really small. That's it. Yeah. It's kind of like the CPAs. But in it's your impactful. Life. Okay, very good. Damn it. And that's hour number three. We've got uh, TJ's big ass grab bag. Ooh. I want to take a look one more time at the quarterback carousel before it starts maybe spinning significantly based on the news of Wilson being traded, Rogers staying, Wentz being traded. Kind of crazy, man. So we'll hit on all that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on this busy Friday of the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. We are back with Joe Banner telling us what's going on in his mind um, and giving you some insight on deals that are made and why they're not. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. But the Callaway Rogue Irons that should be in your golf bag is something I want to tell you about. It's the new Rogue ST Irons. They come in four different offerings. Each model uses artificial intelligence on high-strength 450 steel. It's the only irons ever to do so. And the most popular iron of the bunch, we'll go straight to it, is the Rogue ST Max, designed for the widest range of players because of its refined game improvement shaping and incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. But for you load to mid-single-digit handicappers, Rogue ST Pro will give you that hollow body construction and a sleek, compact player's shape. Callaway's best game improvement model is the Max OS, Mid to high handicappers, you get total forgiveness with high launch, wide soles, and enhanced offset. So forgiving. There's also Max OS Lite, their most forgiving high launch iron. It comes with wider soles, increased lofts, and a lightweight package for players with slower swing speeds. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons I'm telling you about. Find your Rogue ST in all those irons that I've just told you about at CallawayGolf.com slash GoRogue. Joe Banner, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm back here on the Rich Eisen Show, (laughs) 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Um, We're having having a fun Friday. And uh, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show to uh, help set the stage a little bit for next week's new league year opening up in the National Football League, as well as the seismic events that happened this week. Former executive uh, in the NFL and longtime grocery shopper in Philadelphia and also uh, spent some time with the Cleveland Browns organization on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, Joe Banner, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you been, Joe? I got to hear you do the play-by-play at the pouring of a beer. That's just happening. That was- that was priceless. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know what? I just try to paint word pictures for the radio audience, and Jason Kelsey's a hell of a picture. That was great. That's, that's an Emmy right there. Thank I guess you, sir. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, okay, <laughs> jump. let's jump into it right here. Uh, when, when do you think we see the contract of Aaron Rodgers? Because um, uh, uh, Andrew Brandt, uh, a colleague of ours for many years uh, in the front office of Green Bay, thinks that um, his sense of things is when it all comes out, we'll see that Rodgers is only making a year-to-year commitment to Green Bay and vice versa. What do you think? Well, I I don't think that will be the case. It would be my guess, but I don't think it's going to be this, what we've been reading about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see something in which uh, there'll be at least a couple of years with the guarantees that are going to be in there and the front-loading of the deal. Uh, hopefully we don't have to spend every minute of the offseason talking about this. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, people talking about like a four-year extension, which is like six years out. They may do that to look good and create a number that excites Rodgers and his agent and make big headlines. Um, so I'm probably in between what we're seeing reported and what Andrew's saying. Um, I, I actually think at this point he's going to finish his career in Green Bay. It doesn't make sense to me. This was kind of the moment to move if he was going to. Um, I have been thinking that he was going to stay. They just thought there were too many signs. Um, but, boy, I, <laughs> I like Andrew, and he's a friend. But I hope he's wrong just for the, uh, the sake of those of us that get tired of hearing about it. <laughs> so uh, what would that mean? So two-year commitment. That would kind of make sense, too, that Green Bay's saying, we'll give you all this money. We want an extra year out of you. But then there's the fact of Jordan Love sitting there as well. Do you think that this significant um, – signing regardless of how long it is indicates that the team is kind of realizing that the drafting of love will not result in him being the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers what do you think yeah I'm, I'm not willing to go that far although I certainly it's certainly the possible outcome and I think it's clear that if they were just seeing phenomenal things from Jordan Love in practice we wouldn't be having this conversation we'd be having a different one but 
I think what they're doing, which I think is smart, is it's almost impossible to find Aaron Rodgers. And you'd have to be really stupid to not keep him there as long as he can possibly function at a level that gives you a chance to win a championship. And I don't think anybody could have watched him the last couple of years and think he's not at that level now. Now, when will that end? I think they'll write a contract that, you know, they'll, they'll be in a position, frankly, to kind of mutually agree on that. As I said, and I could easily end up being wrong about this, at this point I think he's going to cl- complete his career in Green Bay, which as an old-fashioned guy and a little bit getting up there in age, I'm glad to see it's not as often as it used to be. And I think it's great when it happens, especially with a player of this caliber. But I think that they'll have a year. They'll, they'll have enough guaranteed money in the deal and front-loaded enough that moving off of him after a year or even two will be really challenging to their future cap. I don't think they care anymore. Um, so I think it's going to be determined by how well he's playing and how anxious he is to keep playing. I think he is now completely in control of, of the situation. And people didn't realize he really didn't have an out this year. He had kind of an understanding that if they couldn't work out, he could get out. But it wasn't the Brady situation where Brady was completely in control and he could leave whenever you know he wanted to. Uh, the Rodgers thing is much more of a commitment to Green Bay than even the last Brady contract was in New England. But when you say that you don't think they care anymore, uh, put me a few more meat on the bones about the Packers and their the way that they normally do business or have done business and the way that they're currently doing business right now, what it means for Green Bay, Joe. Yeah, I think it means that for the next two to three years, they're going to be the uh, favorite or in the top two or three teams in the NFC to make the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to keep Rodgers as long as they feel like and he wants to play that he gives them a chance to win that Super Bowl. I mean, I think for the first time, frankly, in a couple of years, they have some continuity and uh, kind of the opposite of, of what Andrew is suggesting. I think they can plan ahead for at least a couple of years on how to manage their cap and how to maximize uh, taking advantage of it. Listen, when I ran the Eagles, we were we were uh, frequently re-signing players early on most teams and trying to sign them at a younger age. And people always ask me, well, do you just think this is a strategy that would work for anybody? And I used to say, no, if you have an older quarterback that gives you a chance to win a Super Bowl, you should be doing the opposite of what I'm doing. And I think that's what we're going to see Green Bay do, which is basically, you know, meaning that you're going to minimize the short-term challenges for all your expensive players so you can maximize the number of good players you can fit in your roster, and you're going to pay for that three or four years from now. And in the meantime, you're hoping you at least stole one Super Bowl and had a couple of other really good years. I think that's what we're going to see them do. Joe Banner, longtime NFL executive here on the Rich Eisen Show. What did you make of the Wilson trade, uh, the compensation, the acquisition of – of Wilson in Denver, uh, uh, you know, obviously there's a sale of a team going on right now, and that 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 uh, that certainly helps the Broncos uh, try and extract extract uh, you know more millions, if not uh, a billion, out of somebody. What do you make of the entirety of this big deal, Joe? That's great. One of the point where words that begin with M don't mean anything. It's only B's billionaires. <laughs> The price doesn't go up a few million, it goes up a few billion. Right. But anyway, uh, you know, listen, I applaud Denver, and at the same time, I'm not really sure it moves them up that much in their division. I mean, I like bold moves. I think they do have a good team. I usually reject the notion that they're a quarterback away from being good, but I actually think that is the case uh, in Denver. It was bold. There's no doubt it was aggressive. I love when a general manager is more interested and willing to take a risk to make the team good and at the same time knows that he's putting his own reputation on the line and he's willing to do that. We don't see enough people do that so I, I applaud it. I never think it's a good idea to trade away a great quarterback and I think Greg Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. I think he's going to get a chance to show it now. I think he is right that he's been held back by a terrible offensive line and a very conservative scheme. But the truth is 
Denver's in a division with at least two teams, maybe even three, that it's going to be very, very hard to get ahead of in the standings and make the playoffs and win the division. But their choice was to sit there and just kind of accept that or do something really bold and aggressive and try to change that. And I applaud that they did that. And uh, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I think it's a good roster, and I, I think they're going to just add to the dominance of, of the AFC. And it, it, I don't think we've ever seen – have you ever seen this kind of imbalance of quarterback play between – the two conferences, and for the next decade, it's going to be true. No, I know, and you you could take a look at uh, the NFC with Rodgers, and obviously there's Matthew Stafford, and we'll see how many more Super Bowls if he's lucky enough to to get back. Uh, Dak in, in the um, in the NFC, and uh, you know Carson Wentz is now back in the NFC, and I want to kind of put a pin in that with you, Joe Banner, while also wondering what you think Seattle's plan is here, why they why this happened, and what you think uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll's next move may be based on your knowledge of the situation in any way. Well, I, I'm torn because on one hand, you know, Pete could easily play a game, uh, play the game in a way that doesn't need a dominant quarterback, although I don't think it wins you championships. That is his personality. I mean, could he be thinking he's going to go ahead with Drew Locke and try to draft somebody else and develop him and look at it again in a couple of years? Could he be sitting there with all these assets and looking at somebody like Deshaun Watson? I don't know that there's any other people he can acquire in the short term. Is he really just saying, you know, we're going to be just okay for the next couple of years and then we're going to, you know, turn it around by then? Head coach, 70 years old, I can't really picture that. So I just think it's a kind of a capitulation from Seattle. Uh, and acceptance that the, uh, I'm not sure they're accepting this, but my prediction would be that they're not going to be competitive even in their own division here for the immediate future. I mean, what they had in Russell is the thing everybody in the league wants, and it's the hardest thing to find. And they traded away, and they got a great package of assets. I think they got fair compensation, but when it comes to the quarterback, it's a little bit like basketball. We have a small number of players can have a huge impact on the game. Quarterback's the same thing in the NFL. If you don't have it, you're in trouble. I don't. They don't have it, and I don't see the path to getting it. So, you know, I understand why they did it if the relationships are broken down. But I think they're going to end up regretting it. Joe Banner here on the Rich Eisen show. Uh, you just mentioned moments ago the arms race in the AFC is off the charts. I mean, off the charts in the AFC West alone, and then you've got Burrow uh, in the AFC north with Lamar and Trevor Lawrence who knows how much of a leap he can make and young quarterbacks that have been drafted in the AFC East um, to go along with Josh Allen for crying out loud Um, so the Colts now have an opening and I'm wondering what you think their their positioning is is it similar to what you just said about Seattle in terms of capitulating to a bad relationship and it's going to be a problem what do you think well, I think the difference is, and I was taking a lot of heat for what he, the Wentz mistake, but I think Chris Ballard is, if not the best, and the best couple of general managers in the league, and he knows he's got to fix this. I think they'll make some move that will be reasonably aggressive short-term and then try to find a long-term solution. So I actually think the speculation about somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo ending up in Indianapolis uh, has a real chance, and I think there'll be a few bidders on that. I think it's a, probably the per- type of person you could see a Pittsburgh type of team target as well. So... I think San Francisco is going to benefit by being kind of patient here and letting this play out a little bit and then kind of ending up with maybe two or three teams that really badly need a quarterback are in a position to win short-term, and he may be the last guy standing that gives any team a serious chance 
of winning in the immediate future with the talent they have. And I think that's the Colts. I think the Colts are a much, much better team than we realize right now. They just need to get that quarterback spot at a high level. So um, let's talk a little bit about Wentz now. I'll unpin it um, now that we're, we're on the subject matter. And, you know, your former team in Philadelphia, and you know Howie Roseman very well, an aggressive move made for him. And we know his whole story about having an MVP season before – his, you know, his his reckless play, you could say. I mean, he was a reckless abandon, however you want to put it, um, that we've seen over and over again from him. Knocked him out. Foles wins the championship. He winds up in Indianapolis eventually. He's now one and done. And now he's a twice-traded quarterback. What What is your assessment of Wentz now that you've seen him as a pro for all these years? And what gives is essentially the question. To clear and, and uh, transparent, I was a big fan of that pick. I was a big fan of his play. I was a big fan of them giving him a long, very, at the time, expensive contract. So <laughs> take what I say next with a grain of salt, since I'm 0 for 3 in my predictions about when so far. But <laughs> right. I just think at this point, you know, there's enough evidence on the table. You've got two of the smartest front offices in football that were deeply invested in this guy and had to pay a huge price to not have him on their team anymore. And then you can watch what you can see with your own eyeballs every Sunday. I just don't see how you turn around and make a bet on that guy to lead your team and be able to beat some of the quarterbacks that we were just talked about, some of the quality of the teams that we're seeing out there, just to get in their own division. I don't even see how they get to winning the division you know, with this kind of move. And this is always one of my pet things since I felt like negotiating was one of my strengths. I just... Who did they think they were bidding against that they had to pay that in compensation and take on the entire contract? So I've actually been very critical of the trade. Wentz will make some spectacular plays. He'll have some games in which you're like, oh, my God, we did find the guy. But when the 17 games are done, you're going to be disappointed in his play. That, that's what I believe at this point. But as I say, <laughs> I'm 0 for 3 on my analysis of Wentz. So take it how you want well what's the scuttlebutt or word or what have you on his his locker room presence and things of that nature and off the field there's just always some sort of hum in the background right some sort of noise about that and i'm wondering what you may you know wouldn't washington know something before making that trade right you'd like to think so and and you said it right i mean he he does manage to have a few players in each of the places that he's been that gravitate towards him, uh, become very close to him, uh, you know, very committed to him. I mean, you know, we see it, we saw Darius Leonard speak out the other day. This yes. is not some unimportant uh, player that doesn't know the difference between good guys and bad guys or good players and, and bad players. And in each place we've had a few of those, but that's the minority. Um, and it's hard to identify why. I mean, he's no doubt strong-willed. He's no doubt hard to coach. Um, everybody that's worked with him has made it clear that he has sometimes too much confidence. But we're going to see the uh, same thing that's going to happen in, in Washington. He's going to have a group of guys that are going to be very enthralled and taken with him and want to play with him and you know help him take them somewhere. But he's also going to have a larger group that is just not going to feel right about him as the uh, leader of their team or the organization. And, uh, you know, you talk to different people, you get kind of different explanations or theories. Nothing seems that clear as to, you know, what it is about him that causes people to react that way. But if they think they're bringing somebody in who's going to kind of continue the improvement of the culture that I think Ron Rivera has started in Washington, I don't think this is the right guy to do that. Joe, He's just too, 
controversial. Joe Banner, longtime NFL executive here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few more minutes left with him. What do you think Howie Roseman and the Eagles' plan is? We're hearing Fletcher Cox is on the block. We also heard that prior to uh, the news involving Calvin Ridley's suspension, the Eagles were aggressive in trying to go get him. Um, and then there's those the matter of the three first-round draft choices and Jalen Hurts uh, as the starting quarterback. What do you think the gambit is afoot in Philadelphia right now, Joe? So I think the Eagles' view is that the, uh, they don't have to panic about quarterback, even though I think they have doubts that Hurts is the answer. Um, and that if they don't find something better and they give him another chance to kind of prove he may be better than what they think, which I think is, is solid but not like the guy that's going to carry a championships, um, I don't think they care if they have to wait a year to do that. So what I, my prediction in the simplest sense is they're going to trade one of those first-round picks so they have, hopefully have two first-round picks next year to have ammunition in case they don't get the guy this year. I've said that I think they're the most likely team to be aggressive about Deshaun Watson. Um, I really put them in Carolina as the two kind of favorites finalists. And I, I lean toward the Eagles a little just because they have history of making those kind of bold, aggressive moves that could blow up in your face. Um, you know, we did it when I was there with Michael Vick. So they have the personality to take on that kind of risk. But I think their attitude is that if they can't get them at the right price, they're going to position themselves to be in next year's draft and have ammunition to move off if necessary. And know that whether it hurts, develops, or next year's draft, that's the latest at which they'll have a quarterback they think and hope can carry them for the next decade. So I think we're going to see them, you know, maybe take a shot at like a Watson if he can get his issues cleared up. Not completely, but mostly. Certainly the criminal part of it. Um, if that doesn't happen, I think we're going to see them put this on hold for a year other than I think they'll trade one of those first-round picks to have more ammunition next year to be in a position to get the guy. Before I let you go, Joe, uh, the news that Khalil Mack is coming here to Los Angeles for the Chargers, um, it's a two and a six um, for, for, for Mack. And so what does that deal tell you about the way both teams are approaching matters in their respective neighborhoods bears and chargers what does that indicate to you sure. yeah i mean everything and i think it's good i mean i think that the bears realize we have a ways to go and let's not fool ourselves into spending an extra 25 30 million dollars this year uh thinking that you know so we win seven games instead of five i mean that's that's a stuck in the middle going to get you nowhere over time so they're taking a step backwards that i think they need to take to have a chance to become really good and hopefully they'll use these these assets effectively. So I think it's smart on their part. I don't think it pretends that they don't think Khalil can play well anymore. I just think it's where they are in their evolution. And I say about general managers, the thing that distinguishes the good ones from the just okay ones are the ability to not just know how to pick players, but how to build a team. So I think that if you understand the fact that where they are right now, the right thing to do is kind of tear it down a little bit more and then rebuild it with a better foundation. If I was a Bears fan, I'd be really encouraged by that. On the other hand, the Chargers are in that position we talk so much about, you know, rookie contract quarterback and a chance to take advantage of that opportunity and have a chance to see if they can come out of the next couple of years before he becomes expensive with a Super Bowl. And I think we're just seeing the beginning of what they're going to do to try to make that happen, and that's exactly what they should be doing. So, you know, I focus a lot on team building and how smart is the approach. I actually think this trade says both teams I should feel good about the people they have in leadership right now. They're reflecting very well where they are in their evolution. They're evaluating their own team correctly, and they're making the right moves for this moment in time. And I certainly think it's the case for the Chargers to be – it's wise to do that and put some more eggs in this year's basket 
certainly if um, Herbert proves he deserves a Josh Allen type deal in the uh, in the time frame that Allen received it, and one in which Kyler Murray appears to be with his agent pushing for that if you are showing and proving to have a special talent being drafted so high atop the draft, you're not going to wait to be done with year four to get your long-term deal or going into year four. You want you you want it right after, yeah, you want it right after year three, not going right. into year four. You want it right now. Um, exactly. So, so, I think yeah, go. fans should know if they don't. I mean, you can't sign the quarterback before three years. So we've seen both successes and failures, but the top quarterbacks for the most part are getting these new deals after three years. And so you better be prepared to do it, which really means they have one more year before he becomes at least significantly more expensive and probably two more before he becomes extremely expensive. And they're doing the right thing. They're trying to take advantage of that moment and get a chance to hold the trophy. I guess back in your day, there was no Instagram accounts to scrub pictures of to show that uh, your star player is upset with you. How do you think, last one for you, the Kyler Murray situation is going to resolve itself in Arizona, do you think? Well, I I think he's making a mistake in going so nuclear, so public, so quickly. I do think he's right to put the team in a position where he's not risking his health and his future without getting the kind of contract and guarantee that he you know, deserves. Now, we can argue exactly what that number is, but clearly he deserves a quality new contract as a starter. But I just don't understand the strategy of putting a team on a defensive publicly this early. I mean, the league year hasn't started. And 10 days ago, he's issuing you know, press releases. I just... You know, I mean, we're all human, and we're, you know, it's easy to get somebody feeling a little bit uh, tacked and backed into the corner, and that's not where you want to be in the early stages of any negotiation, especially for a quarterback, who you not only want to sign, but you want him to feel good about it when you're done. He's the face of your team. He's the person that's going to really determine how well you do over the next three, four, five years. So why are you coming out just so aggressively? I mean, okay, I suspect they had some conversations with the team that didn't go the way they wanted to, but, you know, save it, you know? (laughs) Maybe you do that in June, maybe you do it in July, maybe you do it a year from now, but in February? I don't understand the strategy. I just don't think it's setting up the right tone to get a deal done. But I don't think the Cardinals have a choice. They're not going to go back to looking for a quarterback. They're going to get a deal done. The question is, is it this year or next year? Clearly, the agent is trying to force it to be this year. You can only do that if the team cooperates. So why get them so upset before we even come out of the starting box? Joe, love your um, takes as always. Thanks for the call. Look for my text again, certainly after the new league year opens up and some dust settles. I'd love to have you back. My pleasure. Always willing and enjoy it. Thank you. Right back at you. That's Joe Banner. I follow him on Twitter. You should as well. Great insight. I love the way he just puts it out there. That's why he was such a great executive there in Philadelphia. Just puts it right out there. We'll take a break. Come back. I want to talk more about that Khalil Mack uh, acquisition out here. Setting up hour number two. Jason Stark of The Athletic and MLB is going to be joining us in hour two to explain exactly what these new rules are. Don't worry. We're not going to get into international draft pool money and all that (laughs) stuff. Coming up. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here. Uh, Jeff in Detroit, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeffrey? How you doing, brother? What's bugging, cousins? What's happening, Unc? What's up, Jeff? What's going on? Let me get on the phone. Listen, I have a a question. What's going on with these Green Bay quarterbacks? Because I remember this happening once before where the quarterback was supposed to retire, go to another team, hold the team hostage. Seems like deja vu all over again, don't it? It does, but guess what? Green Bay is going to have, if Rodgers finishes the contract, what, 34 years in a row of uh, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Pretty much, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Three straight, like somebody... Now, my question, my th- question to you, though, is this. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. With so many stories popping off like it did this week, I mean, from start to finish, Khalil, everybody, just, I mean, from, from Calvin Ridley at the beginning... What was the top story of the week, NFL-wise? Oh, it's Rodgers saying that he's sticking with the Packers. I mean, we've been waiting two years to figure out what was going on there, and it was a year-to-year thing. The crazy thing is Andrew Brandt says it could still be a year-to-year thing, although Joe Banner thinks that this means he's staying with the Packers the rest of his career. We'll see how that plays out, but there's no doubt about that. And Russell Wilson is no longer a Seahawk, ending the era in which Bobby Wagner also got uh, released. It's kind of crazy. That's it. Right Man, there. you had to wear a seatbelt this week, my guy. <laughs> I agree. You guys have a good weekend. Thanks, Jeffrey. You, you too, take care. Jeff. That's Jeff you in Detroit. Welcome. Always Hi, great checking in with yeah, him. The Calvin Ridley thing just kind of got buried. Well, I mean, Calvin that, Ridley man. was going to be the top story coming on the air, but then Rogers says, I'm staying. And then an hour and a half later, uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Russell's like, hold my beer. <laughs> Big trade coming that will be official next week is Khalil Mack is back in the AFC West. As we all know, that, that was his first destination after balling out at the University of Buffalo and the Oakland Raiders at the time selected him, sent him to Chicago. Chicago, unfortunately, for the Bears, could not win a championship with him. The closest they got to that was uh, Trubisky uh, getting double-doinked out of the divisional playoff round, right? Was that the wild card round? I can't remember anymore. But that was as close as they got. And now um, the Bears are trading away Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers for a second rounder this year, and it's a sixth rounder next year. And what this means is the Bears are just saying, we get it. 
we're just we're just last year we try to do everything by half measure thinking that we could you know get fields up to speed a la Patrick Mahomes sitting there watching Andy Dalton get this team that could potentially make the playoffs as they did the year before with Trubisky as a seventh seed. And let's see what we can do. The offensive line was terrible. As predicted, it was not going to be Andy Dalton's year. They put Justin Fields in there. He looks lost behind that line. There were a couple of moments where his huggies did drop and you could show what he could do. Um, you know, once again, Allen Robinson, poof, disappeared. Tariq Cohen got hurt defensively. That was their strength. But Mac is now a charger and the Bears are saying we're just not going to be that good. We, we need to just get as much as we possibly can in terms of draft choices. So I totally understand what the Bears are doing right there. As for the Los Angeles Chargers, they realize what time it is. What time it is, is a couple of times. Number one, it's time to win with Justin Herbert right now while he's on his rookie contract. This is year three. After this year, as Kyler Murray has shown, after three years, you can start asking for a new contract. Certainly, if you have shown, you are all that plus the biscuit, which Justin Herbert did basically in his first career game. Now he's entering year three. And this team needs to win right now. If Herbert is going to force the issue after year three, similar to Kyler Murray, even though Kyler is, seems to be unique in that regard. But he could also take that extra step forward, sort of like Josh Allen did, and the team's like, we got it. Let's just do it now. And if that's the case, you get guys, certainly when you've got the cap space right now, they sign Mike Williams to a three-year deal that's very rich. They bring in Khalil Mack, and I think they're just potentially getting started. They might have a heck of a week next week. And it makes total sense on that front. 